Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck and you're listening to Tall Stories on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. With a sword in one hand and a bowl of wine in the other, the mother of Georgia represents her nation's dueling personalities, at once weary of danger while also offering a warm welcome to friends. But what does this monument say about the role of women in this post-Soviet state? Sally Howard brings us this tall story. At the silver feet of the mother of Kartli, a 20-metre aluminium statue that dominates the skyline of Tbilisi from Solalaki Hill, a flower seller curses tourists who attempt to photograph the spring hyacinths that decorate her stall. Nearby, a busker, a Ukrainian refugee, thrums out the strains of Hug Me or Obime, a Ukrainian ballad from 2013 that was a hit across the Caucasus back then and which has since become one of the soundtracks of the Ukraine war. Someday war will be over, it enjoins the listener, lyrically. Someday spring will come, if you hug me, if you hug me. Kartli Deda, or the mother of Georgia, is a symbol of nationhood and womanhood in this country at the crossroads of Asia and Europe, a fertile land buffeted by centuries of invaders that has been subsumed into tens of empires, most recently the Soviet Union. In flowing dress, Kartli holds aloft a sword in her right hand and a bowl of wine, the traditional social lubricant in this country where viticulture has thrived for 8,000 years, in her left hand. Load a QR code from her base and Kartli Deda speaks to you from her rarefied perch. Welcome, my dear guests. I'm mother of Kartli, symbol of the Georgian national character. Yes, you aren't imagining. In one hand, I'm holding a sword against enemies. And in the other, I have a bowl of wine for friends. Once a tourist asked me if my hands ever got tired, I answered sincerely, yes, my hands are always tired, especially the right one. Tamar Bulbalashivi, a Georgian feminist and tour guide, preferred the original Mother Georgia statue from 1958, although she predated Tamar's three decades on this contended soil. The first statue was wooden and she wore a headscarf and looked more like a traditional Georgian peasant, 31-year-old Tamar tells me. The aluminium encased Mother Mark II arrived in 1966 when Georgian sculptor El Guja Amashukeli was commissioned by the Soviet powers to refresh this city symbol. The result, a statue the sculptor enigmatically named Capital, holds her head higher than the bowed-headed original and she wears a regal crown, although her breasts are similarly bullet-like and her agriculturalist arms are just as muscular. Just like the city she presides over, therefore, the mother of Georgia is the terrain for a proxy war between Georgians who yearn for self-rule and the powers that have always laid claim to her. Earlier this month, protests broke out on the streets she surveys, on the broad arterial thoroughfare Rustavelli Avenue and outside its neoclassical parliament building. The protests were against the enactment of a law that tries to suppress foreign businesses and charities who wish to operate in Georgia. Modelled on a similar law in Putin's Russia, the Foreign Agents Law was introduced by Arakli Garabishvili, 
the Georgian Prime Minister and head of the right-wing Georgian Dream Party. He's widely seen as a puppet of Vladimir Putin, and he's believed to be in league with the Russian strongman's ambitions of keeping countries of the former Soviet bloc in Russia's orbit. Tamar attended the protests on a sunny March day, and it was full of families and placard-toting young Tbilisians. This March, after three days and nights of protests, the Georgia Dream Party agreed to drop its foreign agents bill, which is good news, as far as Tamar is concerned, for Georgia and its women. Many of the charities offering refuge to the one in four Georgian women who experienced domestic violence are multinational NGOs, who would have been affected by the law, which reclass them as agents of foreign influence. The mother of Kartli presides over Tbilisi at a feminist crossroads. The young Georgians who have migrated from their nation in recent decades have struggled to reimport liberal attitudes towards women's roles into a country where women perform 13 times more housework than men. Liberal TV journalist Kaka Kint Surashvili recently caused a national storm with his campaign Men Cares, which depicted the former actor as a smiling hands-on dad looking after his infant son. For all of the images of muscular womanhood proposed by the mother of Kartli, she still holds, Tamar notes, that bowl of wine in one of those heavy hands. When Georgians raise our wine and make a toast these troubled days, we make a toast of victory and to peace, Tamar says, as we buy a red wine ice cream from a street vendor a few steps from the statue. It's a favoured tourist snack in this wine-mad nation. I hope one day, Tamar continues, we will toast to a more modern future for Georgian women, maybe a future in which we use our swords, but a future in which we are doing much more than just smiling and serving the wine. You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. Today's episode was written by Sally Howard and produced and edited by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers. <laughs>